Father, we do praise your name. And Father, we thank you for the deliverance that's already taken place in this house today. Father, we thank you for the healing that's already taken place in this house today, Lord, that, that people's been set free from heaviness, from bondages, Lord, that, that we're trying to carry because we love people sometimes so much. We begin to carry the Lord. Lord, thank you for carrying the burden. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to breathe in you. Father, we just thank you today for your presence that's in this house. Lord, to save and to, to, to bring us closer to you. Father, uh, let us draw into this even more. Let us press into you even more, Lord. Let us never be satisfied, as the, the song said before, that I will ever be satisfied, Lord, that it would never stop. Lord, that we continue to press in to worshiping you even more and more. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. I was walking the other day and just thanking the Lord and talking to the Lord. Yeah, you can be seated. And, and uh, man, just listening. I think that's part of the reason I like to go outside because all of nature is praising the Lord. And, and it, you hear the, the chiggers and the crackers and the, I don't even know what crackers are. What I say crackers? That's not even something real. See, you taught me that word yesterday. <laughs> I tell you, but, but, but man, the, the world just cries out. The things God created just cries out to the creator. Man, we even got a baby back there crying out to the Lord. Man, it's awesome. Man, the rocks cry out. We just can't hear them. Ha, I don't know if that was biblical, but it sounded good. But, but we cry out. We should cry out for the Lord. Man, the Lord put on my heart. The long R of the law this, this week, and I'm thinking, how am I going to get started with that? And, and, and anyway, you've heard of the long arm of the law. And if you look it up in the dictionary, Webster said it's the ability of the police to find and catch people who commit crimes. And, and that's the long arm of the, the law, if you will. And I see Officer Cornell back in the back, and I thank God for people like him that, that, that go out and put their life on the line to help us, to protect us, to care for us, to, to be there for the community. The long arm of the law that he's going to get to the bottom of things. He's going to get to the issue of things. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Tate Manival. How are you doing today? Let's greet him for the first time. Stand up where they can see your beautiful faces. You can sit. No, go ahead and stand up the whole service. Would you do that? No, come on. I tell you what, nobody's any fun today. I tell you. I had the privilege of marrying them. Gosh, it's been over a week now. Man, brother, praise the Lord for miracles. She's still with you. you know? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That was horrible to say something like that, wasn't it? He's a good boy and, and good man. Good man, amen. And she's a good gal, and we praise God for him. And, but anyway, what were we talking about? The long arm of the law, long arm of the law. And, and I tell you, the Lord put on my heart from there the long arm of the Lord. And, and, and I'm seeing that today. The long arm of the Lord is the ability of God to find each of us and come after us. 
Man, Jamie, the long arm of the Lord is after you, buddy. He loves you and he's, he's got you. The long arm of the Lord will catch us. The longer the Lord goes after the unchurched, after the unsaved, the, 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 the arm of the Lord comes after me, comes after everybody because he loves us. And, and I remember we started off this, this teaching on the harvest and one of the scriptures we started with was Psalms 139 of the first point of the first week. And it was one of the scriptures we used. But we were talking about being in Christ, but, but Psalms 139, 7 through 9 says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. We need to remember that. And it seems like I say that a lot lately, but I think we forget it. And I don't care where you're at with the Lord. Even if you're unsaved today, the Lord is wherever you're at. The Lord wants to be part of you. And and last week when we went out and evangelized and and we went up to a door of a young of a man. He came out and he was yay tall, taller than I was, big tall guy. He had the big Kansas City Chief Mahomes jersey on. He'd been watching the game and he come out of the house there and, and you could tell that something was, was heavy. And, and normally I don't approach it this way, but I went up and said, hello, I'm Pastor Kent. And, and man, not too much after I said that, he began to weep. And began to talk to where I couldn't even understand him. And, and, and it was hard to figure out what he was saying. And, and, and just the, there was just a moment there. And, and so trying to piece things together, I began to try to work it and see what was going on. But he, something that caught my ear that goes along with what we're talking about here, that we can never go that God isn't there, was this man made the comment that I went to the church this morning a church. I pulled in the parking lot, but I couldn't go in and I left. And the Lord spoke to me and I just said it without him thinking, well, the Lord came to you and he began to weep even more. And I don't say that, that I'm the Lord, but, but guys, we are the arms of the Lord. And that's where the Lord's taking us today is that, that we are the arms of the Lord. If you're a believer today, You're the arms of the Lord, and the Lord wants to use you to minister in the lives of others. He wants to use you to tell others about Jesus Christ, to to give them that hope when there is no hope, to to be there for them wherever they're at. And and that's why we're filling the house. We're just saying we're going to fill this house. But guys, what I'm trying to get us out to doing is filling his house. And I'm challenging you to lead the people to the Lord first, then bring them into the house. We need to be aware that there's people out there that are needing us so bad. They're needing the Jesus in us, and we need to be there for them. I tell you, the, the action point this week is the har- harvest, or the, excuse me, is the, the hogabaloo in Lamar. And, and guys, if you think that we're going in there to give candy to kids and celebrate Halloween, you're crazy. And I don't mean that as disrespect. 
We're going in there and we call it hallelujah night so that God can be, that Christ can be, that the Holy Spirit can be present in a community celebration to where we can be available to minister to people like this guy I was telling you about. And we need to go in there with that attitude. We need to go in there and be praying ahead of time that this Thursday, really, you need to be praying tomorrow, today, that anybody you come into contact, Lord, make me aware of my situation. I'm getting into the first point, but but make me aware of my situation. We'll get to that first point in a minute. But God has put people out there for us to minister to. And I want to challenge you to be aware of these things. So the points today is that, that I believe we are the arms of the Lord, the church, the believers. And, and I'm going to use this acronym today to describe to you what I believe the Lord wants us to do as believers. And if you're here today and you're unsaved, man, the Lord's been here. And at the end of the service, you need to come up and get saved or, or come up and get saved now. I'll put somebody with you and pray with you. But, but church, I'm speaking to you today. We need to be aware to restore and minister and then send these guys out into the world. Do yeah. you get that? Arms. We need to be aware, A, R, restore, M, minister, and S, to send them out as men and women of God that can minister in their areas. So again, when we get into these action steps, again, the hallelujah night is this Thursday night. I think it's three to five. Look in your bulletin. Don't listen to me, but, but do what the bulletin says. We got a cross country feed Friday night. If you want to be a part of that, see Pastor Joe, and I'm sure that he can help with that or help you with that. And then we can invite people to the harvest dinner. And again, look at the bulletin. I may be telling wrong dates and times, but, but action steps are ways we can get involved. But we are the arms of the Lord and we need to be aware. And, and I'm, Lord showed me this Wednesday night and I want to share it again, but aware of the prophecy of Jesus that says to go. We're standing on Matthew chapter 16. We stand on Mark chapter, all of the book of the Bibles talk about how we need to go. But, but in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Lord really showed me, and we know this, but the Lord even took it further, that this is a prophecy. And this prophecy the disciples fulfilled. But he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And again, the disciples fulfilled this. They heard the call of God to be aware, to be a power and a witness wherever they're at. And guys, there isn't one in this room that says that that's not you if you're a believer. That, that's for you. Say, that's for, me. that's for me. And we need to look at it this way. Just think if you could bring somebody to the Christ today that maybe was going to take their life. Just think if you could help a marriage today in Christ. That's you. But we see the disciples in Acts chapter 2 were filled with the Holy Spirit. So they adhered to the prophecy. We see Acts chapter 2 verses, or 2 through 7, excuse me, chapters 2 through 7, that they ministered in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. They established the church during that. The, 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 the move of the Holy Spirit in the Jerusalem, the result was the church was born. 
We see in chapters 8 through 12 that after Stephen was martyred, Jesus exploded onto the scene in Judea and Samaria. So they got out of Jerusalem because of the persecution. That prophecy was fulfilled. Then we see through Paul, when it said the ends of the earth, Paul had three missionary journeys where the church took it out to the world. So you see Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. The church took it there. They were aware and heard the prophecy of Jesus and took it there. That's the way we need to be, guys. We are the arms of Jesus. Oakton, you are the arms of Jesus. And we must go to Jerusalem in their surrounding area, Barton County, into Judea, Jasper, Vernon, Dade, into Samaria, Kansas City, VBS, inside the United States, and to the ends of the earth, Albania, Liberia, Burma, Mozambique, Israel. And by the way, hello, Reverend Bestman. I don't know if you're watching today, but he has every day or every Sunday last few weeks from Liberia. From Liberia. We've been live in Liberia, in Albania. We are doing these things. So again, are we aware? The second thing, I don't want to take a long time on these because the Lord's put a lot on my heart today. But we are the arms to restore. In other words, bring harvest to Christ. Now again, I jumped into things today, but, but these notes are on the Oakton app if you want to follow along. And, and again, I thank everybody that, that helps with that and different things and the PowerPoints and our sound people. Or all you guys, I thank you for them. But Acts 2.37 says, and this is the response of the move of God in Jerusalem. They began to not only save them, but to bring a harvest in their lives. And we see now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you're seeing that same thing there. You know, the apostles went out, they led people to Christ, and then they told them the same things. You need to repent, you need to be water baptized, and then you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we see that action taking place in their life to restore them back to God and allow them to be used by God the same way that Jesus was that we were and the ones we bring to Christ. He goes on to say, for this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourself from the crooked generation so that, that those who receive his word were baptized and there were added that day 3,000. That boring in and that exhortation was that it didn't stop at leading them to Christ. They, they bored into them. They pressed into them. They continued to minister and to develop them. In other words, they didn't say, hey, Joe, you want to get saved? Joe says, yeah, I want to get saved. Pray with Joe. See you later, Joe. They continued to exhort. They continued to lift up. They continued to press into them, bore into them. That moves us into the third point that I'll talk about here in a minute that we need to teach them to or meet their ministry needs and, and that type of thing. But I'll get there in a minute. But, but God has called us to, to fill the house. Uh, we see the, the numbers here that on the, the slides, if you want to look at that, our numbers are saying about the same. 
as far as numbers in the chair, I think this is the first week and then the next slide's last week. So we're down a little bit, but, but I'm not here to browbeat you guys. Uh, I, I, I am so pumped. Uh, guys, we've had so many people led to Christ the last few weeks. So many people that have been restored to Christ that, that were walking away. I counted up 15 people that I know of, that I know of. And Wednesday night, we had three of them walk into Bible study. And I tell you guys, uh, the word's important, and I know we're busy, but, but I think the Lord told me this, and, and me think this out before I say because it's kind of tough, but, but when our guest and when the people we lead to Christ come into our classes and they don't see us, it makes them wonder if we believe what we're saying maybe. And I guess what I think the Lord told me was there was a person that had been coming on Wednesday nights that was newer and they kind of quit. And I think they got in there and didn't see any men and didn't come back because there wasn't that many men here. No, no, you guys do what you want with that. I let the Lord be the convictor, but we're here to grow in him. We need to bore witness, but we need to fill the house. But again, exciting things are going on across the board. And, and, and guys, I, I, I tell you, I can't even talk enough about it, so I'm just going to shut up about it. There's great things going on. Great things going on. A lot of you come to me and say, well, I don't know how to minister to those that, that are local. I've known them all my life, and I believe the Lord told me this in prayer the other day, that, that you know, I've known Sean our whole life. We've gone to school together. And, and, but I can walk up to Sean and say, I see him at Hallelujah Night walking around. And Sean comes up and talks to me and says, hey, buddy, how you doing? We're talking and just doing our old stories like we always do. But why couldn't we say something like, hey, Sean, I know you're a believer, or at least I think that, and you go to Oakton, but you are born again, right? Because you may find out they don't go to church anymore, or you may find out they've been hurt and not in church. And so just because we think somebody's saved or we think somebody goes to church, we really don't know. And so what's so hard about, uh, again, just saying, man, I've known you all my life, and I assume you're, I thought you were going to Milford, but, but are you born again? And if they're believers, that's not going to offend them a bit. But if they're struggling, they're going to dump on you because you're their friend. And I believe the Lord showed me that. In other words, some of you are uncomfortable. I don't want to go give a track to Sean Mayberry. I don't want to give a track to, to these people. To, I'm not, I'm picking on you, Sean, but I know you've got it going on so we can do that. But, but again, are you though? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but my point is, is that maybe that's how we approach it. And, and because I believe that people are hurting. But again, for the M, the R was restored to Christ. So we're aware, number one, R to restore to Christ, M to the ministry needs. We need to be aware of ministry needs in people's lives. In Acts 2.42 and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayers. And all came up upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. 
And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So we see that that after they restored, they brought them into the house and they began to disciple them. They began to teach them. They began to tell them how important fellowship was, how important the breaking of bread was, how important prayer was is. And guys, it is important and we need to to continue after these, continue to bore into people until we get them socked into the church, into life groups or or into a connection, into a place that, that they can hear the Lord. And that's where that all comes in, that we bring ourselves and people into where we have an awe of the Lord. And guys, all here means the respect. Uh, some will interpret it out as fear, but you interpretate the fear out, it's a respect. It's an awe of God. In other words, we bring people into where they respect God because they see him move. Not because they're scared to death of him, but they experience a Holy Ghost move like today. The Holy Ghost moved like we had last Wednesday night in class. The Holy Ghost moved like we had Wednesday night. We had, what, 190, 80 kids, people in this sanctuary. So that they can be in awe and say, hey, God is alive. God's moving. And I respect that and I want to be a part of that. That's the awe. And when people get into that awe, then the miracle signs are going to start happening. Then God's beginning to move on their lives because they're like, this is a real deal. God's alive and real. He's not dead. But are we in awe? We see that they were in such awe. There were supernatural miracles going on. There was supernatural giving going on. Man, they, 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 were, they were selling all their possessions and belongings, distributing them, their proceeds to all as they had need. In other words, they just laid their lives out before the Lord and said, man, Lord, you're so awesome here. However, I can help somebody. Let, use me to help them. And then again, the next step in that is, and arms is to send. And that's our mission statement, to go save, disciple, send. But, but the Lord put on my heart, Galatians 6, 1 and 2, brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in spiritual gentleness, keeping watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of the Lord. So we bring them in. We restore them. We bring them into that respect, that awe of God, and then they begin to experience God for themselves, and they begin to get solid in the faith, and then they go out and do the same. Fill the house. Fill the house. I'm going to close with one last thing today, but this is what the Lord's put on my heart for Oakton. And and again, I don't know where we're at on this, and, and I wasn't sharing it, because I don't like to freak everybody out, and the Lord told me to start sharing it, but, but it's been probably a year and a half. But to me, another way for us to be the arms of Christ, and you've probably heard me speak of out of poverty, and, and it's a, a, a big uh, mission, if you will, that the Lord's put on my heart, and again, I'm still praying, and we're building teams, and we're trying to figure out how the Lord wants to do this, but but to clear it up before I move on, uh, somebody else was using that name out of poverty. And as I was ministering and, and studying this this week, 
the Lord said, there's your name, the Oakton Arms Ministry. And so what I'm getting ready to talk about now is what you used to hear me say out of poverty, if some of you's heard about that. But, but I believe the Lord said to call it the, the Oakton Arms, where where to restore and minister and send people. And, and, and again, the, what we see in the church a lot of times, and this may be extreme cases, but, but, but Oakton has spent thousands of dollars helping hundreds of people with electric bills, car payments, uh, house payments, clothes, etc., I can count on my hands all the things that we've done, but, but, uh, but as far as been able to, to help somebody. In other words, I can count on my hands, probably this hand, the people I really feel like we made a difference in their life. And, and again, I think God's calling us away. That, that's where I began to pursue this. Uh, we, we looked into some things, and, and long, I've been working with Missouri Mosaic uh, Mission and they're a group that for last year we've been focusing on ethnic things. And, but from that, we got into a lot of poverty things. And my mentor and me would, would move out into this out of poverty idea. And, and we would spend a lot of time on the phone talking about this. And, and, and there's such a need for it. There's a lot of people out there that need our help. And, and I feel like I'm babbling now, so I'm just going to give you an example. But go to the next slide. Uh, yesterday, me and Joe and Jim have been in, in Embar and Herber have been in uh, classes, and they were really good at, in, at Carthage. The first night we went in there, there was a guy laying on the street of the church that we were going to. And, and to my knowledge, everybody passed him by. And anyway, Joe and, and went over there and was praying for him. And, and you think, oh, another homeless person. And we want to tag another homeless person when we need to look at all people as if that they need the arm of Christ in their life. And we need to be aware of our surroundings. And I saw many people walk around this man when he needed to be restored and ministered to so that he could be sent out and continue on in the things of God. Uh, we prayed, or he prayed, and we talked, and, and anyway... Um, he got hooked up with Embar and, and Herbert, I believe, was the next day. But, but guys, you know how hard it rained Saturday? He had no place to go. And so he went into the church, and they just thought he was one of us. And he hung out in the church all day. But we got to listen to Herbert, and Herbert knew him. This guy was a successful roofing company. They did well. He had many people working for him. He had lots of people working for him. And I don't know because of COVID or whatever it was, uh, I know that, that, that it all was taken away. I know that the tax people got involved and froze his assets, which I do not understand that sometimes. But he has nothing now. And we tag this guy as a person that bleeds from society because he's homeless. Well, I don't, but I think a lot of people do. When he was somebody that probably worked harder. To, have you ever done roofs before? I guarantee you I couldn't do a roof today. But he worked hard for a living, and it's gone now. And he don't see have any hope on how to get back on his feet again. And so to me, what I'm sharing with you today is, is the vision that I believe that God has given us as a church that we need to be aware of our surroundings and be able to restore 
minister and build up and send these people out in Christ. And so the arms vision that we talked about today, every point I share today tells us how to do that. So when you see the Oakton Arms Ministry, you know where is ministering to people in our community. You know restore is is salvation, water baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know that ministering to them now is meeting the physical need. Guys, a lot of times you can't minister to somebody until you meet the physical need. And so a lot of times we're trying to lead somebody to Christ when, when if they're dying wife's on their heart, you need to deal with that first and then lead them to Christ. But, but all that's on people's mind when they're hurting is what's causing the hurt. And so you need to address the hurt and then lead them to Christ sometimes. But the Holy Spirit will give you that direction. And as he does that, you're going to see a supernatural all come over the situation. And that person is going to say, man, God's alive and real in your life. And that means he can be alive and real in my life and he can bring change. Jesus can. So again, the arms ministry. The arms mission is basically what I just preached. Our mission is to be aware, to restore, to minister to the need, discipleship, and send them out. I've said that over and over. And it's based off of our mission statement, go save, disciple, send. The second thing there is, is again, I believe that we need to have a place for people to go. Uh, we brought two charity in and a lot of these businesses in, that, and I've met with all these businesses. Gosh, we go to, to uh, i just going blank now, but I, 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 we deal with seven or eight Crisis centers, uh, what'd you say? Water gardens, Rafa House. We've been to all of them, but guys, they're full all the time. There are very few times can I get somebody in there. And so that's why we've teamed up with Water Gardens is to see that we're not enabling, but, but to be a part of this and see how Oakland can, can come together with them, but probably do a lot of it on our own with them. But two, I think we need to have, I'd love to have an apartment building. Uh, I'd love to have a place, and I took a picture because I've actually priced these myself, personally, this vision's so strong in my heart, that, that these are perfect. There's no garages, anything. They're, they're built to where they're, they're solid. The, the kitchenettes and everything are in the middle. It's a cheap, solid way to build. And there's four duplexes in there. But we need to have a place to people to go. Just like this guy yesterday, we could give him Jesus, we could pray for him, but we had nowhere to go with him. Oh, we'll take him to Souls Harbor. They're full 90% of the time. We'll take him to, take him to Water Gardens. They're full 90% of the time. We'll take him to the crisis center. They're full most of the time. We'll take him to Nevada. They don't take men unless they just changed. There's a need. And many people say, well, pastor, you build the house. You're going to fill the house the same way they did. But at least we can do it with people in our community and help people that God puts in our lives. This is a big deal. You know, you don't know how hard it is for me to get up here and even talk about this because I don't want to, to upset people, but the Lord's burning this on me. The third thing is we need to be able to, to give them a job. This guy has no hope of a job. 
There's jobs out there everywhere, but to get connected in, we need to help them do that. And so provide them work opportunities. I've talked to two people in this church. Hey, could you take on somebody if, if, if we had a person come in and they needed a job? You know, could you at least put them to work doing something? And I had a couple that were very interested and thought they could work with me on this a little bit. But what if we could provide a place for somebody to say, stay and provide them a job? But the third thing that's most important in the arms ministry is that we would, would give them uh, uh, the discipleship, that we would give them the, the restore part, the ministry part. And those three together, four, those three together could change lives. But I don't want to leave the, the um, job part. In this mosaic uh, group I've been involved with a year, most inner city churches or most churches that are really doing ministry for Christ are finding out that they can't totally depend on the, the money's coming into the church. So they're reaching out trying to find ways to make money to where they can support this ministry where they're nonprofit, but these, these nonprofit things will bring money into the need, but extra resources would come into the house. Been talking that a lot. But me and Karen, with her work and stuff, we look for people to clean our house, and they're either really expensive or they don't do a real good job. And I thought, man, what if we would take these people and train them right? You get God involved, a place for them to stay, train them right, right, put them to work cleaning. When I worked at where I worked before, we would see this go in and out. We would see the, the, the housekeeping and the lower paid positions when they would, uh, they would bring them in house at times when they thought they could save money. But if they could find a vendor outside that would do the job and do it better, they would contract it out. And we would do that. Boom. We'd go get them. But what usually happens is they begin to raise their price and they begin to do a credit job. And so we'd pull it back in-house. But what if you got some spirit-filled people or people saved, spirit-filled, and began to run a respectable business and landed one of them contracts? Don't know. Just thinking. Another thing the Lord put on my heart was the, the, the lawn mowing or maintenance needs. But one that was shared with me from this body after talking to people in here, we cannot find somebody to do little jobs in the church. This tile that we're walking over every week, we can't find a, a contractor that wants to take the time to come do that. I think a guy could make a fortune doing a small business and just fixing little things, calling that general uh, contracting things or maintenance things. But what if, and again, I'm shooting the moon here today, but, but what if, what if that we could see this person that needed a touch and we lead them to Christ and we see that, hey, they're, they're really trying. And we say, hey, I got this home for you. And hey, I got this job for you. And I got this church for you. And, and we together can bring you out of this. And, you, and I don't want to just focus on this guy's laying on the street. I bet we've had three or four people this year, single women mainly, that need this. 
We're helping a person in the church right now that's similar to this idea. Somebody provided an apartment, which they're paying for. They pay rent to the apartment. But we're working with a government person that makes sure that happens. And then we got a group in the body that ministers to the need. And I saw them, I think it was last week, they were together discussing how that was going. But how can we help people out of a bad situation? And that one, there's little bitty. And we can continue to do things that way. I've had somebody come up and hint that they would provide the home. I've had others come up and hint these different things. But, but is this a possibility? And then that's where I want to ask you guys as a church to be praying for it. But to me, if we administrate and correctly do these things in a professional way, man, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. A lot of us laughed about the tower out here. It's not making us big money, but it's brought enough revenue in that we don't pay any internet anymore. Anytime somebody connects to that, $10 goes off. It's paid for the, in my salary package is internet, the church internet, both of them are covered. That thing's making us money, small scale. But why not? The friend I was talking about did a non-profit grocery store with a chain. And I'm not going to mention what they are on because of the camera. But they're locked in at five grand a month through this business. But they use that money to in the ministry. Why not? But the way I'm talking about brings accountability. The way we're doing it brings no accountability. The way I'm talking here, the caseworker or the trained Oakton volunteers, they can be accountable that they're at work, that they're they're paying their rent at the home, and that they're discipleship. In other words, if, if they're not paying rent, it's going to affect their work. If they're not going to church and being involved in church, it's going to affect their work and their home. It brings accountability. And that sounds pretty tough today, but why not? Why not? Why not try to help people, and this is the way to do it, You'd sign contract agreements with him, with them between the church and the participants. There'd be action steps that we would take. And all this needs to be built. And that takes us into what are we doing now? And, and I've been kind of putting the words out there and, 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 and I'm talking to people. Uh, again, we met with True Charity and, and a group of you met with them. Uh, we've had water gardens in to speak and groups have met. And then we've had uh, the guy last week speaking, but he was talking about the whole thing. You know, our sunshine baskets is another thing. Last year, just to be blunt, we had an extra basket. Family called, said, can I have that basket? And I said, sure, but we don't have any toys. Well, if you don't have any toys, I don't want it. Why not do things different? And we got ideas for that. But, but, but why not bring some accountability into some things that, that causes them to work, causes people to get into a home, causes people to get established in a church where then they can go out on their own. 
Just think if this service ideas worked and, and they made, we're nonprofit. So again, you could give better pay. You could do lots of things. Money could come back into the building fund, if you will. It's nonprofit. But I ask, where are we at in this? I've had several people come to me and tell me they're interested in this. We're going to run it through teams. We're going to run it through trustees. I don't know where it's going to go. But I'm just sharing the vision. But the meeting we were at yesterday talked about where America's heading. And they said there's going to be a lot more people homeless and without jobs. This is just the beginning. And whether we like politics or not, why can't we just land on the right side and figure out how we can really help people? If we help four people in one year, that's probably more than we've helped in the last two years if they really got on their feet. I wasn't going to share this here because I don't want anybody to feel pressure or guilt from what I'm saying today. But I say this across the board. Don't Forget about the last point. Let's wrap all the points in today. Are we aware of our surroundings? Are we quick to restore? Are we quick to, to uh, minister to people's needs? And are we excited to see them up and going? Where are we at in that process personally? We may be unsaved today. You may not know Jesus Christ, your personal personal Savior. That's the first step. The second step is, is maybe you're just an unaware Christian that, that really doesn't see the need out there. Or maybe you've lost a little bit of passion to even want to restore, let alone minister to somebody. Where are we at in our relationship? And again, I'm thinking, want you to think about yourself, but, but I've been blasted lately with, in Acts chapter 5, and I was going to study that this coming Wednesday, but it may be a week later. By the way, do, do you guys remember we're praying at, at, starting at 6 in the morning and the pastors are praying 6 to 7, anybody wants to come can, and then we're doing Wednesday night Bible studies and stuff, but but in this, people ask me, what, what, why did God take Ananias out? And his wife. And it's basically because they lied to God. But the truth of it all is they withheld their gift from God. Nobody asked them to sell their possessions and give. Nobody asked them to get saved. Nobody asked, I mean, they asked them to get saved, but it was their choice to be saved. It was their choice to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It was their choice to be involved in the ministry. And then it was their choice to give a gift. And they withheld that gift. And the Lord spoke to me and just simply said that, that they, were, they died because they were withholding the gift that they asked for, that they wanted for me. Acts 5, 3 through 5, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? 
while it remained unsold, did it not to remain your own? In other words, nobody made you. And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? Have you not lied to man, but to God? When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon all who heard. And that fear, that respect that we were talking about. <coughs> People were afraid to enter the church after that, after that because of the respect they had for the Lord. And there's a move of God even more. You ought to go read the move of God after that. But are we withholding our gifts? Are we withholding our gifts from God? And praise God for his grace. Because I know I withhold. There's times I don't want to walk in salvation when I need to, or I don't want to minister, I don't want to restore, I don't want to be aware. Praise God for his grace. But I just say, God takes this pretty serious. And so should we. And so let's stand to our feet today. Because if you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... You have that gift before you today. And if you don't grab it, it's nobody's fault but your own if you split the gates of hell wide open. Because God came after you today. The same way he came after that gentleman the other day that was searching for him. God is here today and he's given invitation for salvation. And I challenge you to come up and receive him today. But also I believe God's challenged us. Are we aware today? Are we quick to restore? Are we ready to minister?